Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. Tonight, we are finishing our generosity series that we have been talking about these last couple weeks. So tonight, I've entitled this talk, I'm not talking long tonight, I say that every week and I actually mean it. You can hold my feet to the fire tonight. Um, I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to entitle this talk tonight, Faithful to the Seed. Faithful to the Seed. Now, this series that we've been doing, this generosity series, um, we, we opened up week one, and Pastor Mike was talking about how generosity comes from how you view God. So you can either view God as a taker, or you can view God as a giver. And, and the way that you view God, the perspective that you have when it comes to God, shapes how generous of a person that you are. And then week two, last week, we actually talked about why we give, why we tithe. For anyone who missed it, you're like, oh, thank God I missed that week. Okay, sound funny? Well, hopefully everyone was here last week. Guess what? You got no excuse. It's on YouTube, so you can go watch it if you missed it. But we talked last week about, um, you know, God does not need your money. Turn to your neighbor and say, God doesn't need your money. We talked about how God is the creator of all, who owns all, and it's, he doesn't ask you to give and to tithe and to be generous because he's hurting this month, because uh, the bills are piling up, but God asks us to be obedient and to give because he wants us to involve him in every area of our lives. And when you give and when you make it a priority to be obedient, then you are involving God in your finances. And you're showing God, God, I trust you. We looked at how Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so it's so important to be intentional with where you prioritize your treasure because your heart follows that. So for the person who says, God, I want to be more like you. Well, guess what? A quick way to get there is by your treasure. And so when God says, hey, can you trust me? We believe that that is an actual, he says, test me in this in Malachi, that we believe, God, I, I will put you to the test, and I want to do this, and I believe that you're going to be faithful to your word. And so we looked at that last week. Now, tonight, when we're closing out this generosity series, I want to touch on this element of faithfulness that I think is so key um, that it is tied to this lifestyle of generosity. Because I'll say this later, but faithfulness is what brings you from a generous gift to living a lifestyle of generosity. See, generosity is not just about the money that you give, but it's about you being involved and invested. So we've been talking about how generosity, there is no generosity outside of God. Generosity does not come natural to you. Any good thing in me is just a result of how good God is. And so as a generous person, I'm a reflection of a generous God. The way that I become more generous is by being more like him. And so as I'm being transformed into his likeness, a byproduct of that should be that I start to be more generous. I start to live a lifestyle of generosity. Now, as we talk about generosity and faithfulness, I want you to hear me on this. I'm not just talking about money. Money is included in that, but what I'm also talking about tonight is your time. I'm talking about being invested and involved in what God is doing and what he's asked you to do. Sometimes it's easier to give a check than actually give of your time and be involved in somebody's life. And so tonight, as we're talking about generosity and faithfulness, this is a lifestyle of generosity. This is not just about money, but this is about how we choose to use our time, our resources, and our talents. So if you were to ask me, hey, when you think of the characteristics of God, what, 
what comes to mind? If I was to be honest and I, I was trying to rank the things that first come to my head, probably two of the first things that I would think of is how generous God has been to me, how good he's been to me, how, how much he's shown me grace and he's shown me love and he's shown me forgiveness and, and how generous he's been with his patience with me. That, that every good and perfect thing that I have is literally from God. And I think right along with his generosity, the thing that I would say that sticks out to me is his faithfulness. That not only is God good to me, but he promises to never leave me, to never forsake me, to stick closer than a brother. That God didn't just have a moment of generosity when he sent his son down to earth, but he does life with you and I. That he doesn't abandon us, he will never reject us but he is here to do life with us. And so we are never going to look more like Jesus than when we live a life of generosity and faithfulness. Then when we give and when we serve, we reflect who God is. I want to read you a portion of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in the message. Verse 8 says this, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. You see the generosity of God right there? He throws caution to the wind. He's so generous, he throws caution to the wind when he gives to his people. Now check this out. His right living, right giving ways never run out and never wear out. You see his faithfulness. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meal is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something that you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. God is generous, and God is faithful. Now, when we're talking about faithful, this idea of being faithful tonight, I'm not just talking about the element of being full of faith, but we're talking about faithfulness in the context of being reliable, of being loyal, of being constant. Because, again, generosity is not just about what you give, but it's about being invested and being involved. And so what I want you to hear tonight, the bottom line of what we're talking about tonight, is that your generosity will write you into the story of God but your faithfulness will keep you in it. So your generosity, anybody in here tonight? It's kind of dark and I don't hear anything at all. Your generosity will write you into the story of God, but it's your faithfulness that keeps you in it. Faithfulness needs to be tied to generosity. I think one of the most underrated things, uh, one of the things that we can look over the most in this walk with God is not only that he saves us, but that he then turns and he's willing to involve us in what he's doing. I mean, think about that for a second. He doesn't just love you and I enough to come and to literally clean up a mess that we can never clean on our own. He didn't just love us enough to come and to close the gap that we can never have a relationship with him again. And it was our own fault, our own mistakes, our own choices. Not only did he put our punishment and our sins and our mistakes on his one and only son, but then he loves us enough that after he saves us and after his grace redeems us and then empowers us to be transformed in his likeness, that then he wants to involve us in what he is doing. I mean, how generous and how faithful is God? 
if you want to be involved in what God is doing, it requires you to be generous. And if you want to stay in the middle of what God is doing, it requires you to be faithful. It requires you to make the decision to say, I want to be invested and I want to be involved in what God is doing. Second Corinthians 8 says this. Paul says, I was there and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could even afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. This was totally spontaneous entirely their own idea and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. So generosity was a byproduct of them giving themselves unreservedly to God. To say, God, I give you every part of me. God, I'm not just going to say you're important, but I'm going to show that you're important. I'm going to surrender every area of my life. I'm going to trust you in all things. And when you give yourself unreservedly to God, you start to reflect the characteristics of God, which is generosity and which is faithfulness. Like I said in the beginning, faithfulness is what brings you from the point of being able to give a generous gift to leading a lifestyle of generosity. And I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, I don't want to just make an appearance in what God is doing. I don't want to just make a cameo in the story of what God is doing, but I want to be involved the whole way. I want to look back on my life and be like, man, I didn't do everything perfect, but I always made the effort. I always invested the time and the money and my talents into being at the center of what God was doing. Because at the end of the day, that is all that matters. Everything else will fade away. Everything else will be wiped out. But what matters is, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. So we've been talking a lot about what generosity is these last couple weeks. I just want to end this tonight by giving you a heads up on two things that will come against a lifestyle of generosity. Two things that will write you out of the story. Two things that will attack your faithfulness. Two things that will attack a lifestyle of generosity, all right? First thing is this. An attitude of giving to get. An attitude of giving to get. Now, if you were here last week, you might say, well, we we looked at this whole thing in Malachi about God saying, test me in this. And, you know, I'll open the doors and fill your barns to overflowing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. We're not recanting on everything that we said. So we can hold on to the promises of God and believe that that's true for our lives. But the attitude... And the the perspective and the motive behind why we want to live a life of generosity is not because I want to give so that I can get. The reason why a Christian gives is not because you can get, it's because you already got. Anybody can give to get. If you're here and you're like, yeah, you know what, I need to be more faithful, I need to be more generous, and so I think I'm going to try this out, but the motive behind why you want to be generous is because you want to be appreciated, you're never going to feel like you're appreciated enough. If you're here and and the motive behind why you want to be faithful and why you want to give is because you want to feel accepted, you want to feel included, you're never going to feel accepted enough. If you're here and you're like, man, I'd like to do that because I kind of secretly would like people to recognize how generous of a person I am. Well, you're going to keep giving and you're going to always feel like nobody notices. Because as Christians, we don't give to get. We give because we already got. 
Ephesians 5 says, watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Just as I'm reading that right now, I'm going to go off on a little tangent because I feel like I'm supposed to. You know, it, it's so funny how simple Scripture can put it. You want to know how you, you lead this life of being a Jesus follower? Well, look at what God does, <laughs> and then you do it. Stop making it so complicated. Stop acting like you need to, to really consider and give so much thought before you do something generous or you invest yourself in somebody's life. And just look at what God does, and then you do it. How many times as, as Christians and as Christ followers... We take a cautious approach to how much we're willing to get invested and involved. So funny that the scripture says he didn't cautiously love you, but he was extravagant with how much he loved you. You know what's amazing? So many times we, we take a cautious approach to protect ourselves. I'm cautious with how much I'm going to invest. I'm cautious with how much I'm going to get involved. Why? Because I don't want to get hurt. Well, if my attitude and approach from the beginning is, well, I'm not giving to get anyways. I'm giving because I already got. You can't hurt me. If I'm going to love like God loves, well, guess what? I'm not loving you, and I'm not serving you, and I'm not here for you because I need it to be reciprocated. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, I would like to get appreciated or thanked, but that's not why I'm doing it. That's not what motivates me. So if you're not in a healthy enough place to be able to do that, that's okay because I've already got everything that I need from God. And I'm not doing it for your approval or for your appreciation or for your thanks. I'm doing it because this is the love, this is the grace, this is the patience that God has shown me. And if he can show it to me, then I can show it to you. I love this verse that we opened with in 2 Corinthians. This last paragraph that we read says that this most generous God who gives seed to the farmer, or some translations say, he gives seed to the sower that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant. Here's that word again, more than extravagant with you. He gives you something that you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Isn't it funny that a thing that we all seek so much is a full-formed life? Isn't everyone in the pursuit to have a full life? Well, isn't it so funny that the way that most of us try to approach that is by hoarding, is by gathering, is by saving, is by attaining. And yet what they're talking about here is the way that you live a full-formed life is being extravagant in every way, is giving in every way, is reflecting God in every way. Again, the simplicity of, guess what? God gives seed to the sower, not to the hoarder. God doesn't give seed to the saver. God gives seed to the farmer. He gives seed to the person who is willing to put that seed to work. Now, again, if you're like, man, this guy is like not responsible with his money, go back and listen to last week because we talked about the importance of budgeting, all that stuff, okay? But what I am saying is, is if we're going to look like God, 
And if we want to be involved in what God is doing, then we got to be willing to make the choice to say, I want to live a life of generosity and faithfulness. I want to be the farmer. I want to be the sower. And you know what's crazy is if you do this walk with God long enough, you will start to realize people in your life that a generous person never seems to lack. It's true. So many times the people who are always coming against it are the people who are always trying to save it, not give it. And what you'll start to see is that the most generous people never seem to lack. It's because God blesses those who give. God provides for those who are a a river and not a reservoir. Again, we are the most like God when we give and when we serve, when we're generous and when we're faithful. You want to look like Jesus, we'll start with some practical things. Get invested and get involved in the lives of people around you. You want to look like Jesus, why don't you start giving of yourself in every way? You need a spiritual jolt in your relationship with God? Conferences are awesome. Concerts are awesome. Seminars are awesome. That's all well and good. But if you want to jolt into your Christian walk, go invest in somebody else. And see if you don't start to feel closer to Jesus. Because that's what we're called to do to be extravagant in every way, in the way that we get invested and involved in everyone else. So the first thing that will attack a lifestyle of generosity and faithfulness is giving to get. The second thing that I want to warn you about is focusing on what you can't give instead of what you can. Focusing on what you can't give instead of what you can. 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says, You are familiar with the generosity of our master Jesus Christ. Rich as he was, He gave it all away for us in one stroke. He became poor and we became rich. So here's what I think. The best thing that you can do right now is to finish what you started last year, to not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Check this out. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. How practically profound that last sentence is. When your commitment is clear, do what you can, not what you can't. Can I let you in on a little secret? You are never going to be held accountable for what you don't have to give. Some of you are like, what did you just say? I didn't get that. You're never going to be held accountable for what you don't have to give. You will be held accountable for what you do have to give. And so many people never get to the point of being faithful with what they do have because they're so consumed and focused on what they don't have to give yet. I've said this before. You know, I I have such an all-or-nothing personality. And sometimes it serves me well, and sometimes it's terrible. And so a practical example You know, it'll take me getting to the point where I feel like I'm a couple days away from dying so unhealthy that I finally start to work out again. Now, for me, I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be all in. So I will wait to start to work out until I can commit to five days a week. Now, a rational person would be like, hey, why don't you start with two days a week? You could do two days a week, right? Well, yeah, but I'm not going to see results unless I do five days a week. So I'm just going to wait until I can do five days a week. So I will either go five days a week for a solid, like, seven weeks and then burn out and not work out for five years. Like, that's how I roll. That's how I do it. If I'm trying to, like, watch what I eat, 
I'll be like, yeah, I know it could get by with this amount of calories, but I'm going to do like 1,500. So I will either like starve myself or go to 5,000 calories a day. There's nothing in between. So I'm all or nothing. I get motivated by being able to go all in. Now, again, sometimes that has served me well, but a lot of times that has served me badly. Now, what I want to say tonight is that as a Christian, sometimes we, we hold ourselves back because we feel like what we could give financially, what we could give talent-wise, what we could give time-wise or resource-wise is so insignificant that we're holding back until we could actually give something that we feel like would make the difference. But what I'm here to tell you tonight is that God is asking you to be faithful with what you do have, not with what you don't have. So God is saying, if the commitment's clear, do what you can and stop worrying about what you can't. You're never going to have enough money to give like you want to give. You're never going to have enough time to commit like you want. You're never going to have enough talent to match up with whoever else you think is so talented and God is using. So be faithful with what you do have. I, I told this story years I'm not going to tell the whole story again, but I told this story about, I, I'll tell it. So, <laughs> you know what, I'm like, how am I going to tell this without telling the story? It's not going to make sense. So I had this buddy, right? So um, he, I, <laughs> he, we were going out golfing, okay? And uh, he said, dude, we we're driving to the golf course. He said, I had the craziest dream last night. I'm like, okay. Like, there's only a couple ways that conversation is going to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, dude, it was like... Sesame Street. He was like, and I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? He was like, no, no, listen. Like, I saw this number, like, bounce onto the screen. Like, if my dream was like a screen, I saw this number bounce onto the screen. And I saw this number. And then all of a sudden, the number, like, split open, and another number, like, came out. And then, like, a number grew out of that. He's like, I saw, like, six numbers. And he's like, and then I woke up. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I'm like, what, what the heck is the significance of, of those numbers? He's like, I don't know, but I was thinking, like, do you think God gave me the numbers to the Mega Millions? Because, <laughs> and you would have thought that I laughed like you just laughed, but in the moment I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> so we made a quick detour on the way to the golf course. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, what's so funny is while we were golfing, we're, like, joking around. We're, like, we know it's not going to happen. But, hey, accountability. If we won, I'm not just going to give 10% to God. I'm going to give 50% to God. Like, oh, dude, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to give 51% to God. Like, oh, that's even better, dude. Well, I'm going to do that. You know what's so crazy is for the next 24 hours until that drawing happened, I literally was, like, bargaining with God. I got to the point where I was, like, God, I will be the most generous person that has ever – if I won that, I'd keep 5%. I'll give you 95%. I'll spend my life spending 95% on everybody else. I didn't win. But, you know, it was so funny because I felt so convicted in the days to come that I was so willing to be generous if I could have an abundance. But, but generosity isn't giving out of abundance. That's just a donation. Generosity is living a lifestyle to say, hey, God, I'll give you what I do have, and I'm not going to worry about what I don't have. And when God realizes that you're a sower, when God sees that you're a farmer, when God sees that you are a river and not a reservoir, he is willing to give so that you can give. He'll, he'll be extravagant with you so that you can pass it along and be extravagant with others, so that you can reflect who he is and what he's done for you. Jesus, this is so awesome. In Mark 12, you see the story 
Where it says, sitting across from the offering box, Jesus was observing how the the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and she put in two small coins, a measly two cents. Like, relax, Mark. She gave what she had, right? Jesus called his disciples over and said, the truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss, but she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. How amazing is it that as Jesus is sitting across, no pressure, right? Like you're giving offering and Jesus is sitting across from the offering box. Holy cow. Jesus, seeing what everybody is doing, recognizes the widow who only gave two cents over the men and women who had money, who were rich and who were giving large sums of money. And he said, this two cents means more than all the other money combined. Because generosity has nothing to do with the amount, and it's all about your heart. Generosity is the heart to say, God, I trust you. God, I recognize that everything that I have is from you. And I want to be a steward. I want to be a faithful steward of everything that you have given me. We all have something to give. We've all been given and and been the recipients of God's grace. We all have something to give, some, some time to spend, some way to serve to be faithful to God. You know, you think back in the story of the master and the servants with the, with the talents, and what was the response of the master to the person who did what they were supposed to do? Well, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. When I look at God one day, I want to be able to have a clear conscience to say, hey, God, I didn't ever have a lot, but I was faithful with what I did have. I never was so focused on what I didn't have that I, it held me back from giving what I did have. But I just want you to know I've tried to be faithful with everything that you've given me. Everything that you have entrusted me with is yours. You put on my heart to do what you want. Now, this is the amazing thing. As, as Jesus is recognizing this widow who only gave two cents, the amazing thing is that in God's economy, you can never determine the size of the plant by looking at the size of the seed. You know, if you looked at how tiny a seed was, you could never really imagine how amazing, how beautiful, and how large a plant could be. And it's the same thing with God. You may feel like what you have to give of your talent, time, or resources is insignificant in the moment. But your generosity and your faithfulness actually kick open the doors for the supernatural. So when you are giving what you do have, you say, God, let me be obedient with what I do have, what I can give, how I can commit, how I can serve. You open the door for God to do the supernatural. The seed sown is natural, but the seed grown is supernatural. No amount of time that you have is insignificant. No amount of gift that you can give is insignificant. No investment that you can make in somebody's life is ever insignificant. You're not responsible for what the plant looks like, for how the plant turns out. You're just responsible to plant what God has placed in your hand and to be faithful to that seed as it grows. However that plant turns out, is up to God. Now, I can tell you this. I can guarantee you this. Life will never come out of what you don't plant. Life will never come out of what you don't plant. And so, again, it's very easy to be so focused on what we hope life turns out to be, on how we hope God could one day use us, on what we hope could happen through our lives, through our talent, through our time, through our resources. But if I don't plant it, If I'm not faithful with what I do have, 
No life will ever come from it. But if I can just say, God, let me always assess, continually assess what's in my hand. And let my heart and my prayer always be, God, let me be faithful to the seed that I'm holding. Let me be faithful to the seed that you've given me. And as I plan it, as I invest myself, as I commit, as I stay loyal, as I stay faithful, I trust that you'll do the rest. I trust that you'll bring life from this. I want to invite the band to come up as we begin to wrap tonight up and wrap this series up. And I want to encourage you with not just praying about, God, what do I have to sow in my life? But, God, what areas of my life do I need to be more faithful with? What relationships in my life do I need to be more faithful and intentional with? See, not only will life never grow from what you don't plant, but that plant will never reach its full potential if the farmer doesn't stay faithful to the seed. It's not like the the farmer just kicks dirt away, throws the seed down, and then comes back years later to a beautiful, flourishing plant. But there takes a commitment. There takes a level of faithfulness on the, the role of the farmer to stay attentive to the seed. To know that the seed doesn't just need soil, but it needs water, that it needs sunlight, that, that the area needs to constantly be, be weeded, and the plant will need to be pruned. And there's an element of faithfulness that is necessary for that plant to become all that it was supposed to be. And I believe that in every person's life in here, there are people you are surrounded by that God has asked you to plant seeds and to be faithful with. And we can get so caught up in what we hope is to come and what we hope God can do in our lives that we overlook the opportunities to be generous and faithful with that are right in front of us. As we are closing out this generosity series, I hope that you have heard us as we've said continually, this series was not meant to bring you to the point to make an emotional decision. Oh, let me just give a big gift now. That's not what this is about. Again, God doesn't need your money. God is the head of this church, and God will provide for this church. But living a life of generosity is about reflecting Jesus to those around you. Living a life of generosity is about taking that next step in your spiritual walk and your discipleship to say, God, I trust you in every area. I trust you with everything. God, I want you to be involved in every area of my life. I want to challenge you tonight to begin to pray, to say, God, what is in my hand that I've been overlooking? What have you given me that I can give back? God, what what time do I have? In what ways can I serve? What people can I start to pour into? Who have you surrounded me with that you've asked me to be faithful to? So what can I plant and what can I be faithful to? Now, I want to say this before we close tonight. I I do recognize that there are, are probably people in this room that are struggling with this right now because this whole thing that we just talked about is from the perspective of the farmer. But you can't even put yourself in that perspective because you feel like the seed that's just been forgotten. So you feel like you're in no shape to plant or to invest in somebody else because you feel like the seed that's not just been planted, that's been buried and that's been forgotten. 
And I'm here to remind you tonight that the God who started a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. That you may be in a season right now where you don't see light coming in. You don't feel like you're getting nourishment. You don't feel like you're being watered. You don't feel like anything is being invested into you. But can I tell you that God is at work behind the scenes? That God has not lost sight of you? That God has not forgotten about you? The picture of generosity and faithfulness is God. And even though this season may be tough, God will bring to completion what he has started in you. You know, I was talking about Sunday, how there, there's this season where that seed is in darkness. That seed is planted, and that seed probably would feel forgotten. But it, it takes the farmer planting this dead seed to allow life to come out of it. As you feel like you've been planted, I want to encourage you to get to the point where you say, God, I just surrender all to you. So maybe you're here tonight and you just feel like you're crying out. You feel like you're talking and you're just not getting anything back. Or maybe you just feel like, man, I, I just, I'm not seeing fruit in my life right now and I'm just confused. You know, maybe you're here tonight. I touched on this on Sunday. I think a, a big killer of faithfulness in the Christian community is unmet expectations. I, I feel like something that really will attack you being full of faith is sometimes unmet dreams. And I'm not against dreams at all. I feel like God uses dreams so many times, and God will place things in your heart. And God can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you could even dream. And so I think dreams are from God, but I think that a healthy balance and approach with a godly dream is that it's tied to vision as well. Because a dream you can have standing still, you can daydream, you can sleep and have a dream. But what differentiates a dream from vision is that vision is directly relative to my position. And so if I'm standing here, there's a limit to how far I can see. If I want to see more, it requires me to walk more. And so many times in the Christian world, we'll have a dream or we'll have an idea that God has placed in our heart, but we never attach it to practical vision. We never attach it to the element of, hey, let me do what I can do, and I'll let God worry about what I can't do. And so what happens is the thing that one day motivated me for a season, this dream that was before me, actually becomes debilitating in the end. Because that dream no longer motivates me. It just reminds me of who I'm not, of where I'm not, of what relationship I don't have. But in the Christian community... As you are planted, as you feel like God has placed things in your heart, if you can tie it to faithfulness or vision, then you can say, yeah, this thing hasn't happened yet. But you know what? I'll keep walking. And I will see more as I take more steps. And I don't need to understand it to believe it. I'll just take God at his word that if he started something in me, that if he's placed a desire in my heart, that he will be faithful to bring it to completion when it's supposed to be completed. God will never give up on you. God will never forget about you. You are in a growing season, and so don't lose faith. Don't, don't exit out of the story of what God is doing in your life because you lose faith. Trust and know that he is generous and he is faithful, and then you try to reflect his generosity and his faithfulness to the people around you. That is how you look like Jesus. That is how you become more like him. I want to invite you to stand up as we go back into worship tonight. If you're here and, and you could just use some encouragement, 
may, maybe talking about unmet expectation or hurt or pain or feeling forgotten or feeling abandoned, being confused, not understanding what's going on. We have a prayer team along the back gate, and they would love to just encourage you. They'd love to listen. They'd love to give you a hug. They'd love to just pray with you and be there for you. So if you're here tonight and you could just use that extra shot of encouragement, maybe it's not even about what we just talked about, but it's just something going on in your life. As soon as we start this song, you can just step out, make your way to the back. They'd love to just pray with you. For the rest of us tonight, could we make it our mission to be intentional, to say, God, I recognize that I need to be more generous. I recognize that I need to be more faithful. And I know that that's not going to come natural, but I need to be more like you. Can we make the decision to start to pray to say, God, what have you placed in my hand that I could be planting and what is in my life that I do need to be more faithful with? Because I believe as we start to do that, we now give God the open door to begin to work through us, to not just work in us, but work through us. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be marked by the fact that there are plants every step of the way, that in every season of life, whether I felt close to God or I felt far away, I was faithful enough with what he put in my hand that there is fruit from every season of my life. Man, if you're here tonight and you're just like, God, I need help with that. God, I need that. God, I want that. Do you mind raising your hands? Could I pray for you tonight as we go back into worship? God, we thank you tonight. We recognize how generous you have been to us. God, we recognize, Lord, that you are a God who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. God, you are a God who does life with us. God, we thank you that you have sent your spirit to live inside of us, God. Lord, that you are our guide, that you are our compass. And God, I pray, Lord, that as your people, we would have a passion to be more generous, to be more faithful, to be more like you. God, I pray, Lord, that we would never get to a season of life where we're so concerned with our own state that we're unable to see the opportunities around us to reflect your generosity and your faithfulness. God, we love you so much. God, we thank you for what you desire to do in all of us. We thank you that you don't just save us, but you involve us in what you're doing. God, we desire to be in the middle of your will. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, sing this out. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.